Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Well, I'm just like pumped up big time. Your church, unbelievable. Um, yeah. Are you excited to worship uh, the God of all nations? I love your theme that you're just about embarking on, dreaming with God, not dreaming about God, but dreaming with God. And um, by the way, a shout out to my friend over here. We don't, I, we've never met, but I love your jersey. Uh, Denver Broncos, they're in the Super Bowl today. And they're playing the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers. And uh, so I'm going to just love you for that. For, I mean, you walked in, I'm thinking, man, I feel like I'm at home. I'm back in Denver. That's, uh, that's awesome. But uh, I'm just so excited to uh, share with you this morning. Um, love your uh, church. Love your pastor and his wife, Ruth. Um, he gets a little excited, though. Have you noticed? I love that. Uh, you know, I, I kind of, you know, have to slow him down sometimes, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not successful at all with that. Um, but a happy Waitangi weekend to all of you. I understand that, was it uh, how many years ago, 200 years ago, you signed a treaty with the, the, around that? So that's an important day for all of you Kiwis. Um, so praise God for what God is doing in your country, and uh, so Greetings to all of you. Um, Paul and James came with me to China in 2011, and that's how we met. Um, our ministry, China Partner, is actually exists to uh, equip and train pastors in mainland China. My grandparents were missionaries there for 25 years, and uh, my dad was born and raised there. So I'm like third generation uh, working in that great nation. Uh, but guess what? God is God of that nation as well. Uh, the communist regime doesn't know that, but that's okay. They'll get there someday. They'll understand. But God is God of that nation. Um, I love uh, your church's name, Excite. I think there's something very unique about the fact that uh, when you come to church, you're excited to come to church. You're excited to hear from God's Word. You're excited about who God is in your life, who Jesus Christ is, what he did on the cross, um, I think it's awesome that you have this name. It, it just gives a fresh feeling of what churches. Uh, Paul and I were, and Ruth and I were talking yesterday a little bit about what the meaning of church is really. And um, uh, understanding that in, in your country and, and also in the United States where I now live, even though I'm originally from West Germany, or then West Germany, now it's Germany, um, you know, we, we uh, are becoming postmodern uh, and we're becoming uh, post-Christian. Um, and many people don't understand really what the word church actually means. It's the called out ones. We are called out to serve Him. We belong to Him. It's His church. It's not our church. It's not a building. It is a body of believers that follow Jesus Christ. That is the church. And uh, so I love, I love your name. Uh, this morning, I want you to open up to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to look in God's Word and learn from His Word what He has to say about being God of the nations. But before um, I go into that, I want to just briefly uh, share a couple of things. You've already found out that I am from Denver, Colorado, 
In fact, I, I brought some pictures of what I just left a couple of days ago. I don't know if we have those ready. Um, it was, we had about, uh, yeah, that was my front lawn before I went to the airport. Um, you can't even see my driveway. It's just all white because the driveway is actually left to that lamp. Uh, and uh, it was literally coming up to my waist. Um, my backyard looked like that. That's the next picture. Yeah, we, we didn't go eat outside that day, so. But Denver is also the home of the Denver Broncos. That's the next picture I wanted to share. This is our... Oh, first of all, what happened there? That's right. Um, I want to congratulate you Kiwis to winning the World Cup. First ever back-to-back -back World Cup champions right here. Um, I'm a huge, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. So I love, yeah, so this is, this is Peyton Manning. That, this is the Denver Bronco quarterback. And he is the oldest quarterback that has ever played in the Super Bowl. And uh, so they're saying now that because of his age, he might not do so well. Uh, but anyways, that's happening today. Actually, your time tomorrow at noon. Uh, Paul and Ruth promised me that they would tape the game for me, and then we're going to watch it together. But I also want to introduce to you my family, my lovely family. This is actually my better half right here. Uh, to my right, that's Tammy. She and I have been married for 32 years. We just had our youngest daughter, Bree, get married in September. Um, she's the happy, smiling one in the middle. Actually, all of us are kind of smiling, aren't we? Um, Bree is uh, married to Mark, who works for World Vision, um, the international ministry that uh, actually adopts children um, all over the world, and a wonderful guy. He was actually our youth uh, intern for about two years, interim youth pastor, and that's how they got to know each other. And what my favorite story is my oldest daughter, all the way to the left, Brittany, she married Cameron, and I remember uh, telling you last year when I was preaching here at your church about how Cameron found the Lord through our family. Uh, when they were dating, he was not a believer, and my daughter had kind of walked away from the Lord as well. It was a very traumatic experience for us a little bit. You know, when we as parents see our kids, we love them very much, and when we see them drift away, we don't know what happens. Anyways, Cameron came to know the Lord three months before their wedding. And Mark, who is now married to my younger daughter, he and Cameron were roommates. And Mark poured into Cameron and uh, discipled him. And as a result of Mark's relationship with Cameron, Cameron is now a believer in Jesus Christ. So we really praise God for that. Amen to that. And uh, so we, uh, we uh, just love our family. So they greet the, you in the name of Christ. And I just wanted to just... Um, introduce myself a little bit to you there. China Partner, as I said, is a mission that my father founded. I, I brought some brochures with me. Um, they're back here on the information uh, table later on. If some of you would like to pick up more information about our mission that God has given us in China, feel free. We do a, a quarterly newsletter. You can even get this on email. So if you wanted to be interested to hear what God is doing in China today, feel free to sign up um, on our email newsletter. And then we brought some prayer cards, you know, bookmarks that you can put in your Bible if you would like to pray for us. But 
that is a little bit about um, what God is doing in China, and that leads right into the message I want to share with you this morning, God of nations. But before I do that, let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Father, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So in Second Chronicles, uh, we are going to start reading in verse 1, and I'd like for you to follow with me. In fact, uh, we were teasing yesterday. Um, I'm amazed, and many times I have the privilege of preaching in different churches or um, share God's Word, and, and many Christians today don't even bring ch- uh, Bibles to their churches anymore. They, just, uh, they either have them on their iPhones or their iPads, which is fine. But there's something about powerful that when you have your own Bible, I was teaching our young people in our church not too long ago, and I asked them, you know, those of you who have um, the Bible with you, you know, raise your hands, and and none of them had their Bibles with them. They left them at home. I said, well, what's it doing at home? You know, we're studying God's Word. So there's something about uh, feeling, touching, reading God's Word. Because it's not just a book, it's not just some words, it's not just some letters, it is His Word. And so I would like for you to follow with me as we start in verse 1, chapter 20 of Second Chronicles. Verse 1, after this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Munites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazan Tamar, that is En Gedi, armed and alarmed, no, not armed, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast to all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. I love this. They came together and seek the Jehovah God. And this is what Jehoshaphat then prayed to God. He said in verse 5, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And he continues praying to God. And at the end, in verse 12, we read this. It says, O our God, will you not judge them? This is the army that's coming against them. Will you not judge them? And then he says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. But our eyes are upon you. Do you feel that sometimes an army is attacking you? Do you feel sometimes uh, something very un, way too big for what you can control is coming against you, that you uh, are fearful, that you don't know what to do anymore? 
this is exactly what King Jehoshaphat, he's the king of Judah at the time, is facing. But what I love here is that he is reminding himself and he's reminding the people of Judah who God is. He is saying here in verse 6, power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. He's declaring that he is over all the kingdoms of the nations. He is God. Let me give you a couple of uh, descriptions or names of God, uh, lest we forget. One of my favorites is when it says here, O Lord, in verse 5, O Lord, in the English, the, the word Lord is capitalized. I don't know if you have that in your Bible. But the reason for that is because it comes from the Jewish word Yahweh. Yahweh means I am that I am. God is. He exists. He is. Yahweh. I am that I am. That is the first name that is declared here. That's what Jehoshaphat, easy for me to say, is crying out to. He's crying out to the Lord, I am that I am. Another word for God that we read in the Old Testament is called Elyon, Hebrew Elyon. It actually means the Most High God. El is the word for God, and Yon is Most High. So here, God is described as the Most High God. He's not just any old God. He is the Most High. He's above everything. He's above all the nations. He's above all the peoples. He is God. Another one that I love is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. We have a very beautiful song that I used to love to sing. Amy Grant made it famous years ago in the United States. I'm sure you've heard it. El Shaddai. That is Hebrew for the all-controlling one. I love that. God is all-controlling. He is all-powerful. He's the most high, but he's all-controlling. So he does what he chooses. There's other verses in Psalms where God is described as God does as he pleases, not because he's a killjoy and just kind of doesn't care about us, because God is God. He is above everybody. He is God of nations. He is the all-controlling one, El Shaddai. Beautiful names of God. He is so big that He is the God of all nations. Let me read you some verses, and thank you, Carmel, for reading those uh, verses earlier during our worship time, during our singing. She was actually quoting two verses that I was going to quote, so I'm not going to do that again, but that was just how God works. I, I love that. Uh, there's some amazing, amazing, beautiful verses in Scripture that describe God being God of all nations. In Micah chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Many nations will come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us about his ways and that he may walk in his paths or that we may walk in his paths, excuse me. Many nations will come and say, God is God of the nations. Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 11, 
and all the coastlands of the nations will bow down to him. Everyone from his own place will worship him. Exodus chapter 19. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, this is now God speaking to uh, Israel, his own people. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be treasured, you will be a treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, get this, God is God of the whole earth. The whole earth belongs to him. It's his. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and of a holy nation. Holy here, by the way, is, is really literally meaning set apart. Israel was chosen by God to be set apart from other nations so that other nations might be glorified through the country of Israel. That was one way that God was going to use and, and reveal himself to the nations is through that country. Interesting that uh, nations that actually are friends with Israel have been blessed. I think there's no coincidence there. I think that's because of what the Bible teaches right here. All the nations will be blessed by you, through you. God is God of nations. The whole earth belongs to him. Listen to this one, Psalms 22, verse 27. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. Lord here is again Yahweh. I am that I am. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him. Psalms 105, verse 1. Make known among the nations what he has done. You see, God's word is full of these descriptions, these beautiful descriptions of who he is. He's not just describing who he is, but he's describing who he rules over. He rules over all the nations. In China, there are now more Christians, they say, than in some other countries and some other nations. How is this possible in a communist nation that uh, doesn't believe in God? Well, like my father wrote a book on this, uh, who was born and raised in China, uh, he wrote a book called Jesus Never Left China. The missionaries had to leave China because communism took over and wanted to control China, so they kicked out all the foreigners, including the missionaries. And this happened in 1950. My grandparents had to go back to Germany at the time. They were German missionaries. They served there for 25 years, and all, all the foreigners had to leave China. And everybody thought, okay, that's it for Christianity in China. The missionaries left China, but Jesus never did. Jesus never left China. In fact, Jesus is there. In fact, Jesus is in any nation, in every country, before we even get there. Before the first missionary came here to Kiwiland, God was already here. He is the one who actually brought the missionary here to declare his glory to this nation. God was already God in Germany. I know Martin Luther, the great reformer, um, before he even came to the scene, God chose him to use him for his glory. God was in Germany. He was already there. We have to stop thinking that we are the ones bringing God or bringing Jesus to a nation. God is there because God is God of all the nations. 
And that's what I want you to get from this text. And that's what God spoke to me when I was preparing for this. I was again reminded that He truly is God. He is over everything. He is the Most High. He is El Shaddai, the all-controlling one. He is God. I am that I am. And that is who Jehoshaphat, I have to say that slowly. These Jewish names always screw with my head. But this king is going to him and asking him for prayer. He's asking for deliverance. So the main idea that I feel I'm receiving from this text this, uh, this morning, and I'd like to give this to you, is this, that because God, Yahweh, the Lord God, Yahweh, is God of all nations, you and I have a, a way to live life without fear and without discouragement. Why do I say that? Well, read with me Jehazel, who is... Touched by the Spirit, in verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord came upon this young man, and then he declared this to the king. He said in verse 15, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. This is what Yahweh is saying to you. You ready? The army is coming against them, and this is what the Lord is saying to you. Do not be afraid. Or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Hallelujah. The battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. By the way, we just celebrated Christmas. What is the name for Jesus? Emmanuel. God with us. Predicted already in Second Chronicles. The Lord will be with you. That is why we can face any army, any battle that we are raging in our souls, in our minds, whatever it is that is facing you. Because God is God, we can trust Him. We don't have to be afraid. Amazing truth. Amazing truth. You know, right now, I don't know how it is here in New Zealand, but in the United States, we're getting ready for another presidential election. Pray for us because it's really crazy, you know, some of the candidates that are being vetted. And uh, I called my mom the other day, and, and she was all discouraged because my dad was looking at the TV, and he was, uh, my mom said, well, he's, he's being trumped. <laughs> and uh, I said, really, Dad? Like, liking Donald Trump, really, as our president? Come on. Yeah, you won't believe it, you know. And... And then we have all the other candidates, and it's just a, it's a, big, it's a big deal in the United States. So pray for us. But the big issue is what to do with ISIS, what to do with the terrorist Muslims who are coming into our country now by the hundreds because they're refugees. They're leaving Syria. By the way, that's happening in Germany. 
A lot of friends of mine in Germany are really worried about that. There's a lot of fear right now of the unknown. There's a lot of fear about terrorism. There's a lot of fear about Muslims. And I say to you as a, as a Christian brother, and re, I'm trying to remind myself as I read this, God is God of nations. He's God of Islam. They don't know it. They think they believe in Allah, but the true Allah is the one that is uh, the God of Jerusalem, is the God that we are reading about here, is God of Yahweh. I am that I am. So the point here that I'm trying to make is in reminding myself is to realize because of who God is, I don't have to worry. I don't have to have fear. There is so much fear right now in the United States about Islam and what to do about it. And I say, you know what? Let's trust God with this. He knows. He's not surprised. He might even use the Muslims and all what is happening in the nations of the world of them coming out of Sudan and, I mean, Syria and, and the Middle East and what's going on with ISIS for a purpose, to advance his kingdom, to maybe have those people also accept, accept the true Allah. Are we okay with that as Christians? And I would challenge you and me, yes, we should be okay with that because we can trust in Almighty God who is above all. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no fear that we need to have as Christians. So as a result of this truth of who God is, that God is God of nations, that He is above all, that He is the Most High, that He is El Shaddai, the all-controlling one, there are some truths that we can learn from this. First of all, we don't have to be afraid, like I already said. We don't have to be afraid. Secondly, you don't have to be discouraged. Are you discouraged sometimes? I, I get discouraged sometimes. But here, this is a beautiful reminder again, because of who God is, I need to remind myself of who He is, not who I am. Because when I am reminded of who He is, then all that discouragement passes away. See, it's our perspective that we need to have changed about who God is. Is your God a small God or a great God? Is your God an all-controlling God or somebody who you just go to whenever you, you know, need something? Is your God a God that you worship when you get up in the morning and before you go to bed at night? Or is, is your God a God that you just kind of have as a, as a convenience that should answer your wishes whenever you want to just because you didn't get what you wanted before? So, well, I'm going to try God this time. Maybe he'll answer me. You see, we need to change our perspective of who God is and where he is. By the way, did you notice that Jehoshaphat in the beginning says, you are God who is where? In heaven. We forget that. Now, sure, God is with us, and He wants to bring His kingdom down on this earth right here and now. I get that. But we need to remember where He is. He's in heaven. He knows everything. He's not surprised. You're not sitting up there going, oh, my, I don't know what to do with ISIS. Uh, I don't know what to do with uh, Eric Berkland. You know, he's just really messing up again today. I just, just don't get that. Um, he's not worried about, oh, man, that, that whitey there in, in Kirikiri. He's really messed up. You know, he's leading... <laughs> You know, God is not up there thinking that. He, he has it all in His hands. He has it all in control. And we need to be reminded of this. That's exactly who He is. 
Thirdly, we don't have to be um, we don't have to fight the battle. That's good news. God is the one who fights the battle for you, and you can trust Him with that. But yet, at the same time, He's expecting us to stand firm. How do you stand firm? I would say stand firm by reading His Word on a daily basis. That's a very practical way how you can stand firm. You need to be reminded of who God really is in your life and how He is God over all the nations. He's in control. You know what's beautiful about that at the end here in verse uh, 18? Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. So the result of all this is that you and I would worship him. And that's what I want to do again as we end the service, because God is God of nations. Because of that, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be discouraged. And we will worship him. So let's do that as we consider uh, what he has done for us. And by the way, I just feel like God spoke to me as well. Um, there might be somebody here who has never really trusted Jesus personally. Now, I'm not talking about knowing about God. I'm talking about knowing God. There's a big difference. Cameron, my son-in-law now, used to know a lot about God. He went to Catholic church as a boy, actually went to Catholic school, knew a lot about God, but he was lost. Are you a person like that today, this morning, where you know a lot about him? You go to church, you go to this beautiful church here at Excite, but maybe you don't have a relationship with him. God loves you. He loved you so much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. But you know what you have to do? You have to surrender. You have to surrender yourself to the Most High God. You have to say to him, God, you are God, not me. You see, when we say no to God, what we're really saying is, I'm God. I want to be in control. So I challenge you. I don't know who you are. Um, this is my third time here at Excite. I'm very excited to be back. Um, but if you are that person this morning where you know a lot about God, but you have never really experienced a relationship that you can have with Almighty God, a personal relationship, well, you know without a shadow of a doubt, if you died today, you would be in paradise with Him tomorrow. And you can have that assurance. I invite you, as we sing the song, I asked Carmel to, I mean, and, and Chloe to sing that song again. It's so beautiful. It touched my heart this morning. And as we sing, let it be a, a, a time of worship, you worshiping him. And if you don't have that relationship with God yet, may that song be that song where you say, yes, God, I surrender. From here on out, I want to follow you. I want to be yours. I want to declare that you are not just God of all the nations, but you are God of my life. So I pray that for you. May God touch you. May he continue to draw you. And may he just continue to bless you because he's God of all nations. Let's worship together.